Thank you, Rebecca, for leading us at the table, to the team for leading us in worship uh, this morning. Uh, kids' space is on. Uh, for those kids who would like to head towards the back, Esther and Owen are there at the back, ready for kids' space uh, th this morning. Uh, on Tuesday evening this week, uh, we're continuing on with our midweeks. Uh, this week is the pastor's Bible study, and uh, we're going to be starting a new series uh, once a month, just looking at the heart. That's the theme of uh, our Bible studies uh, for this season. Uh, so we're going to be looking at the heart. So uh, Reese is going to be bringing the first Bible study on Tuesday evening at, at eight o'clock. So come along uh, then on Tuesday. We're continuing on. Um, we're, we're finally finishing just chapter 40 of Isaiah. I'm not going to preach four sermons on every chapter in Isaiah because there's 66 chapters and 66 times four is 264. I practiced that before I came up today. <laughs> so I'm not very, but I do chapter 40, as I've said, is really the transitional chapter uh, and there are four messages in it. So I couldn't really preach one without the other. So I'm preaching the, the four messages because they're important for us um, as a church, the way, where we're in at the moment, the situation uh, that we are in as a church but also in the, the, the culture, the world, uh, what's going on and what's happening. And it's always good to work our way through uh, the Word of God consistently uh, to, to come to the Word and to work our way through it to see what God has to say to us. And that's why we're, we've stuck a bit longer in chapter 40 than, than maybe we would have other chapters because we saw uh, the first week the God who comforts. It was so important that the people there understood that God was comforting them. He was giving them the comfort that they needed. Uh, uh, the second week was the God who cares. Uh, and God was likened to a shepherd who takes care of his sheep. And last week it was the God who created uh, this, this wonderful creation. Must have a designer, a planner uh, behind it. Couldn't have just stumbled onto this and just happened. And so we looked at that thought of God being the creator, but not just the creator of the universe, but interested in, in us as well, that imminence, that, that care and that for, for us. And so last week um, in Isaiah, we simply tried to show the greatness of glory in God. And, and these final verses we're looking at this morning, they're simply showing us an understanding how everything that we've learned in chapter 40 makes a difference in people's lives. You see, it's easy to believe in an all-powerful, infinite God, but at the same time, feel he is able to meet our personal needs as well. Uh, following on from that thought last week, that God is both transcendent, uh, above and beyond all things, from both corners, from both ends of the universe, but also imminent in our lives, uh, to meet our personal needs, to know that he cares for you and me. And so there are four final verses in Isaiah 40, and these words are really provided to renew the strength of a weak and weary, dejected people. They're going on a long journey, uh, they feel at times that God has forgotten about them, that God has been silent towards them, and so they're weak, weary, fed up, and all the other things that come with those. And so these verses that we're looking at really deal with some of the basics of walking with God daily, that trust, faith, waiting, and hope. And so the verses come before you. They say this, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? 
Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His searching, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The truth of these verses is this, and how we relate them to, to, to today is this, that there will be, at some point, uh, every single one of us in this room uh, will have experienced what it's like to feel weak, to feel weary, to feel discouraged, to feel faint at what we are facing in our lives. You would understand this if I said to you that this year has been an interesting year probably for everybody. If a year ago we said we would be doing some of the stuff that we were doing, if we were turning around and saying to you, this is the way the world would look at the moment, had I stood up here a year ago and said that, people would not have believed us. But probably this year, there will be many people who have felt weak and weary and even faint and discouraged, uh, dejected, disheartened, uh, things that happened to them in life. And Isaiah writes these verses because he's speaking to a similar group of people who are simply feeling that same way on the journey that they are going on because we know that life is a journey and those experiences that we feel there are sometimes just part of the journey, part of the experience of, of what God does in our life when he's developing us, he's teaching us, he's leading us on a particular way. You see, when the writer Isaiah talks about being weak and faint in verse 29 and 30, it simply means this. The original word simply means a failure through loss of inherent strength. That feeling sometimes that there's no strength left inside. That feeling like, I just feel like I can't go on. I just feel like the best thing I should do is just quit whatever it is that I'm doing, that I should just give up. It'll not make any difference to anybody. And often at times, they felt like that, and we feel like that in life as well. When verse 30, when he talks about being weary, it simply means a, a different word. It simply means exhaustion. And not exhaustion necessarily because of the hardness of life, in a sense, uh, but that exhaustion that, that plays on you mentally as well, the, the emotionally, that exhaustion that just feels like, I just don't have the energy to go on. But there is a tremendous promise in these verses, as there always is when we've been working our way through Isaiah, is there is a promise given that simply those who wait on the Lord uh, will renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, will renew their strength. And it's really looking at that verse this morning and how that helps us and encourages us in the circumstances and the situations that we are facing at the moment because they are unpredictable, uh, they are uncertain, and uh, none of us have any idea, in a sense, of what the future holds. Because a year ago, we could have stood here in the same place and tried to tell you about the next year, and everybody probably would have laughed at you and said, that's never going to happen. But it has happened, and we are here. So what do we do now when we come to this place and we're feeling weak and weary, discouraged as these people were here? What, what's, the, what's the solution to it? What, what does Isaiah tell them? 
because he's built up to this point because he's told them about the comfort of God and the care of God and the, the God, the creator, and how he takes care and looks after. But he tells them now that those who wait on the Lord, those on this journey who wait and hope on the Lord, he will renew their strength. Well, let's take a quick look uh, at what some of this means by waiting on the Lord. The, uh, the, the first thing we must understand about waiting on God is simply this. It's not simply marking time. It's not just waiting for something or waiting as you would wait for a bus or you're sitting in a doctor's and you're in a waiting room waiting to be called. It says when we're waiting on God and hoping on God, it's not a passive word that just simply says we just don't do anything. We're just waiting. He says, recently, I went, took my three girls shopping in Dublin. Shopping was my first mistake. And my second mistake was when they turned around to me and said, we're going into this shop. You, you wait outside. We'll only be five minutes. And I should have known. No woman ever takes five minutes in a shop. And I remember standing outside and I just waited. And I waited. And I waited. And what happened when I waited, I just got more frustrated because I was waiting. And then I tried to phone them and they wouldn't answer the phone because <laughs> they do that when they're shopping, don't they? They don't look at the phone and think, I will not answer it. He can just wait outside. It happens to us all, doesn't it? And we're waiting. And it was just this waiting. I won't tell you how long I waited because it would embarrass them. It would, it would, it was so long. He says, but I just stood and waited. And I thought to myself as I was standing there, I says, we wait. And actually wasn't doing anything. And actually that's not the waiting that God talks about, that when we're waiting and nothing happens, we don't do anything. Not just a passive, in a sense, just standing by the side. And so it's not that, it's not simply marking time. The, the second thing is, this is important, it's waiting on God, is to refuse to run ahead of God and try and solve our problems ourselves. We're so good at doing this. We have an issue, we have a difficulty, and we present it to God, and God doesn't answer it to our agenda or to our timeline. And so in a sense, we take it back and try and do it ourselves, hoping that you know, at some point if God does answer the prayer, or God does deliver us, or God does do something, well, I helped him out. That's the way we sort of look at it. And so what we do is we take out the hope and the faith of it because we're looking at it and saying we're running ahead of God because we don't believe in a sense. And I would think like this, that, that the God who created the universe and maintains and sustains everything, he possibly can't sort out anything going on in my life. He's too busy. And we often think like that sometimes, that we're running ahead of ourselves rather than trusting and hoping in God. So, so we don't do that. You see, the people here on the journey have learned a tough lesson because the punishment for them not waiting and hoping in God before was they ended up in exile and they ended up in captivity and ended up in slavery. So God wanted to help them along and teach them, in a sense, an important lesson that simply there was no point running ahead of God, that everything happens in God's timing. The third thing we must see is this, is waiting on God is to live in confident expectation of his action on our behalf in his time. It's a tremendous verse in Romans 8. It's a very short verse, but it's incredibly powerful. If God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, that's incredible. It says, just right in that, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? 
In some translations, it says, what can be against us? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's who or what. It says, what, who or what can be against us? Why? Because God, this morning, he acts on our behalf. That, that's what he does. We, we're his people. Do you remember the thought that we run through all the way through this? He says, he, he is their God and, and they are his people. But it's so true of us today, isn't it? And he acts on our behalf. But he does it in his time. Uh, and, and not our time uh, he does it when it's ready for because he's the plan I don't have the plan I tried to live my own way I messed it up that's why I wanted to come to God because he keeps his plan for my life perfect and so I'm just waiting as he acts on behalf in his time and so we see then the fourth thing is to wait on the Lord is to trust God with our lives as we look to him as our source of grace and help in time of need Simply this, he renews our strength. He gives us the strength we need. He renews it. But how does he do that? Because often at times, and I, I thought about this because, and you'll wonder what goes through my head sometimes, but some of you do that anyway. So it's just the image, the advert. Do you remember the Red Bull advert? Where, where you know, suddenly they come along and they drink the Red Bull and suddenly they've got all this energy again. Often we think that's what this verse is like when God renews our strength. He said, suddenly all we need is a Red Bull and a Mars bar in a spiritual sense, and we'll be okay. He says, and that's your idea, but how does God renew our strength? You know, is it something that he does just to, to, to do something to our bodies, to give us an extra strength? Well, there's one important thing that, that, that is here, and Isaiah does this all the way through his book, and, and we don't always notice it. And we see that faith comes initially by hearing, so it is strengthened and nourished by hearing again. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Isaiah was already built up to this point, as he does with so many verses. He's already encouraged the people to wait on the Lord, to wait on the Lord. It's not the first time that he said this. And so what he's simply doing is this. We are strengthened and nourished by God often repeating what he's already said to us already. He says, we've got to sometimes get away from this. God, do something new, do something fresh, do something that we've never seen before, as though that is the solution to our problems and everything that we need. It's not. He said, when Jesus, and I've said this, when Jesus gets his disciples together, the final night before he goes to the cross, he says, the Holy Spirit will come and remind you, remind you of the things that I have already said. What does that teach us? It's the same thing here. He says it comes by hearing, but it is strengthened and nourished by hearing again. So we keep reading it over and over again. God speaks to us over and over again. They've already seen this. In Isaiah 8 verse 17, it says, I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. He says it again when he says in Isaiah 25 verse 9, and it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. There's the waiting. There's the hoping that Isaiah has already spoken. He's repeating it to strengthen and nourish them again. The God has not forgotten about them. God has not forgotten about you. You just have to maybe go back and read some of the stuff and take on board some of the stuff that you've learned already and that you've read already to confirm what it is that God is doing in your life because he never breaks his promises. 
and he, gave, he never gives you a promise that he doesn't fulfill. Uh, and so we see just in the final one, it says, O oh Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be their arm every morning, our salvation also in time of trouble. And so the promise of waiting on the Lord here is simply strength. But the purpose of strength being given is to keep moving forward on the journey, to progress for him. Not strength to show off, but strength to go on. Have you ever seen these bodybuilders? They build their bodies up just to display their muscles. I have no muscles. Not very many, oh look. <laughs> Not many. He says, but they, they display their body. They display their strength by building up their bodies just to show that up. That's not what happens here. The giving of the strength is for a purpose. It's to keep going, to keep moving forward, to progress further on tomorrow than you were today. That's the purpose of the strength. Not just to simply say, well, look how strong I am. Look, that sort of thing. How strong am I? That's not the purpose of it. The purpose is to keep moving forward, to have that strength renewed that God gives us. Because there were three things about this strength that I want to share with you uh, the, 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 this morning. The first one is this. It, it is a divine strength that simply God will revive them in the midst of exhaustion that they have suffered through the trials. The example is used of an eagle. Now, now let me explain and give you some background here because the, the ancient Hebrew culture revered eagles as mighty warriors that simply fiercely cared for their young. Eagles carried their eaglets to safety away from the threat of predators. But this is the most important thing. They were known for their strength and their courage. When a storm came, they didn't fly into the storm, they flew above the storm because it's told here that they soared above the storm. The difference between eagles and us is this. It says we're often a little bit like chickens. I don't know if you've ever seen chickens, and if chickens get frightened, they sort of flap their wings, and they sort of fly about this high off the ground, but they don't really go anywhere. They're just flapping. And you see, often our problem is this, as believers in our walk, we're spending more time flapping like chickens rather than soaring like eagles. And what God is trying to teach us is this, is to soar like eagles means in all the storms and circumstances of life that we can sit in the middle of and spend our time flapping about, worried about what God is going to do, worried about what's going to happen. God doesn't want us flapping. He wants us soaring above those circumstances, those situations, knowing that he is in control knowing that everything that happens, he already knows what's going to happen. Knowing that he is carrying us as an eagle would carry their young. That's a sort of care. Maybe the image of the shepherd who takes the lamb and carries it close to the heart. A similar image here that comes through, that this is what God shares through Isaiah with the people. That simply says, listen, it's not about what's going on around you. It's not about what's going on in you. It's not about what's going on through you. It says, for us, it's what's going on above us. And we see this here, that we're taught to soar like eagles, not necessarily flap like chickens on the ground. They're just flapping away, not actually going anywhere, because that's the divine strength that God, excuse me, that God gives to me and you. It's interesting to notice that the phrase mount up that it uses of the eagle means to, to go up, 
to ascend, to get over an obstacle. That's what the original word means. And Isaiah was communicating this promise that God will provide renewed strength and courage to overcome obstacles. He simply wants the people to trust in God's sovereign timing. That it's not enough just to say, I trust God, but I trust God's timing as well. That God is in control and he will answer me. He will deliver me. He will do what needs to be done, but he will do it in his time. You see, upon reading these words, then we're just simply being reminded of being faithful to God. You see, how do we do this today? Well, we read verses like 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. It simply says, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Paul writes this verse, and if you read that part of 2 Corinthians, he talks about all the difficulties and all the troubles and everything that he has gone through. He calls them momentary, which means they just last for a moment, because he comes to this point at the end when he says, oh, outwardly we are wasting away. Though outwardly it looks like everything's falling apart. Though outwardly it looks like God has given up on us, is silent and is absent and all these things are going wrong actually inside he's doing a work that's renewing us day by day that's giving us the courage and the strength that we need to go on to do what he has called us to do to live the lives that he wants us to live you see the second thing that we see is this is we see that it's a different strength you know, it's renewed, it's to change or exchange, it means, to keep putting on fresh strength. It's simply there we say, what I call a divine exchange that happens here. We exchange our weakness for his power. That, that's really what happens, a divine. And we say, well, that, that's a bit of a strange thought. It's not. Our life in Christ is one of a divine exchange. We're led from death to life. We're led from despair to hope. We're led from punishment to forgiveness. We're led from shame to glory. And we're led from rejection to acceptance. We understand all of those things in this point of being a divine exchange. The same principle is true here. The exchange happens when we give our weakness over to God who gives us this renewed strength this divine strength, this different strength that helps us. And you see, it's a command in a sense to do away with it altogether. That actually simply we can, we, we don't have to be weak. There's a strength that comes with us. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Philippians 4 verse 13. He says, because it's a different strength that we're being given. And the third thing we see, that it's a daily strength. Well, what does the verses say at the end? It says, as we walk, as we walk, we, we often only see the long road ahead of us. I'm sure as these people were on a journey, all they saw was the long road, the journey ahead of them. That and just thought to themselves, this is how are we ever going to make this journey? And yet God simply just says, says you'll make it. Says with the strength I give you to take the next step, you'll make it. And when you get to the next step, God gives you the strength to take the next step. We're often looking for the strength to do the whole journey. And God never promises the strength for the whole journey at the beginning. He just offers us the strength for the next step, for the next step, for the next step. That's why it's always a daily walk with God. And that daily strength that he gives us to walk that daily walk with him. You see, God always has a purpose in our waiting. 
He always has something that he's doing in our lives. It is always developing something within us. And you see, these people had suffered the consequences of judgment. And God was bringing them back to him through his comfort and care. But he wanted them to understand this. The relationship that they needed to have with him was one of trust and one of faith. And you cannot come to God unless you have that trust and that faith. He says, though you hear the words, he says, there has to be that next step which puts your trust in Christ Jesus as your personal saviour. And then you have to have that faith to walk that daily walk with him, that it changes your life, that it's not just a decision made with a hand in the air one Sunday night in church, because that doesn't help anybody, particularly the person who does it. It's a strength for the journey, day in, day out, that God gives us for what he wants to do in our life. And he says, we come to the end and the team are going to lead us in a final song. I want us to grasp this because I know there are people in here today and it's simply you're feeling weary, you're feeling weak, you're feeling discouraged and we simply just want to pray for you at the end today just as one, one big prayer for, for one group of church this morning just to simply say we just want to pray that God would renew your strength this morning where you are feeling weak, where you are feeling powerless, where you are feeling weary and tired and fed up because of what is going on, he says, we simply just want to pray. I can give you nothing, but he can give you the strength that you need to take the next step. Let's stand to our feet just as we just pray and the team lead us in a final song. Father, we come before you. Father, we're reminded of these verses here that God, your promise is to renew the strength of your people, to give power to the weak, to those who are weary. Uh, and Father, in this room today, Father, we come, and Father, we surrender ourselves to you and say, we can do nothing in our own strength. Father, for everything that people face at this moment, God, would you give them the strength in this place today, that God, you are in control, we trust you we trust your timing god will you renew our strength today father father for we need that above all else so god we exchange our weakness and our weariness and we simply ask for your strength today father god to face everything that we have to face on the journey that we are on at the moment in jesus name amen